Today is going to be one of our special podcasts. We're not going to put a date on this one because this is going to be one that we're going to replay uh, probably again and again. Uh, and this is going to be one of our break room specials. So this is not going to be like our regular intro. This is going to be one of our break room things because we're not going to talk politics today. That, that's kind of like the elephant in the room, the, the understanding that, yeah, this is all political, but we're not going to get into politics today. So that's why this is going to be one of our break room specials. Without further ado, let's get over to our break room. Good day, Bruce. How are you today? Are you looking forward to today? Well, I'm healthy and alive. And uh, yeah, I am looking forward to uh, discussing all this stuff. I, I, tech is always interesting, you know, even though it, it sounds like I'm a, a technophobe uh, sometimes with how we talk about, you know, like social credit and all those kind of things. I really actually do enjoy technology. You know, I'm I'm not a technophobe either. Uh, I've always been one of those. Uh, what's the word? I've always been one of those early adopters for the longest time. I was that person. Hell, I was the first guy in line for one of the new iPads when it came out. I was the guy that wanted the the thousand dollar sixty four gig three G. I've still got it on my shelf up there. This is a collector's item now. But that stuff to me, about ten years ago, I, I stopped caring about that stuff. Uh, once I started to see where these companies were going, I said, "Okay, that's enough. That's enough." So I started to examine what part I wanted to play in that system, and that part was. I wanted to stay outside of it, and I wanted to stay almost as far away from it as possible. But as things progress, you're inevitably pulled back into it. And so you have to try and figure out a way of operating in it, but at the same time, protecting yourself so you can stay outside of it. And that's what we're going to discuss today. Today, we're going to talk about crypto phones, and we're going to talk about how to ensure that you have secured communications. So before we do that, before we get into that, there is a disclaimer that we have to put out because we're going to talk about certain devices today. We're going to talk about installing certain software on certain devices today. And there is a fair amount of risk that comes with that. Believe me, I know, because once you purchase a device, it comes with a warranty. And if you do something other than what they instruct you to do with that device and something goes wrong with it, it is not covered under warranty and you have to eat the cost. So therefore, you do everything at your own risk. That is why we have to put the disclaimer out. All the information that we discuss today is presented in good faith and is for general information purposes only. We do not make any promises or guarantees about the completeness of this information. For example, if we forget to mention something, I mean, we are human after all. Sometimes we make mistakes. Any action that you take upon the information that you hear today is strictly at your own risk. We will not be liable for any losses and or damages in connection with the use of your decisions. So with that being said, let's get into crypto phones. What are crypto phones? They're not what you would think by the name of them. They're not designed for cryptocurrencies, though the name might suggest that because that's what we've come to know as, as crypto, right? So it has nothing to do with that. What it means is, well, crypto is short for cryptographic, meaning secured, right? So you want to secure your communication. So you're going to have a secured phone. You're going to have a cryptographic phone or a crypto phone for short. So you're going to have a completely encrypted device. So who uses these things? Well, different people for different reasons. Most notably, government people, right? Government workers, celebrities, people like the, uh, you know, the Kardashians, any of those Hollywood people, they all use, uh, they all use uh, crypto phones. Uh, people like uh, law enforcement, private investigators, they'll use these phones. And the reason is, is because the security of them. That's the point of them. Do you think that the celebrity out there, do you think that they 
have regular iPhones or regular Google phones or Android phones or whatever? No, they don't. They have crypto phones, all of them. They all have secure phones. They don't want you to be able to have that technology. They want to have that for themselves. We're going to tell you today how you can acquire this technology for yourself. Bruce, you already look like you want to pipe up and say something. Go ahead. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll say something on this. Uh, so back in the day, I don't know, maybe 10 years ago or so, when when this all kind of, the smartphones started really popping out and you know becoming the the new norm, if you will, celebrities were using the same phones we were, and uh, you know they had the, the iPhones and the but they they went with the top of the line ones just because there was not really any other option on the market at the time. And lo and behold, what happened? Uh, you had many of the phones hacked. You had their um, cloud storage is hacked, so you got all their photos they didn't want you to see and those kind of things. So. Um, they've quickly switched to uh, more secure devices when they became available. So um, now you don't see as many of those uh, leaked things unless it's intentionally leaked now. Whereas before, you know, you hack the cloud service, you have everything. Uh, you have all their photos, everything at that point, uh, barring text messages. Also, there is another, how do I say this? There is another demographic of users of these phones that kind of goes without saying. That is the criminal element. They use these phones as well. Wait a minute. I said government, didn't I? I, I said government, of course. You did. Of course I did. Yeah. yeah. The, uh, the criminal element. Of course they use these things. Uh, and if you want to know exactly how deep some of those networks can go, you could, I'll tell you what, you can go on YouTube and you can search uh, you can search something called or YouTube or, or whatever search engine you use. I don't care. I mean, I know it's Google and all, but you can go search something called EncroChat. Take a look at those phones and look at what that was across Europe over the last, uh, I want to say, uh, like three to five years. That was quite a bust that they had because of those phones. But everything we're going to discuss today for those that are wondering even though you have that element of people that use these phones, we are not going to discuss anything that is illegal. Everything that we're going to discuss is open source, and you are free to go out and do your research for yourself. You said legal. Um, I, I want to I put the caveat in. At the time of this recording, all of this is legal. It is legal, this yes. This stuff At the is, time of this is liable to change very quickly. That is true. Okay, so before we get to the devices themselves, I want to touch on some things here very quickly. What we're not going to discuss today are the following things. We are not going to discuss satellite phones. Those are secured encrypted forms of communication that, quite frankly, those are used by military and government. And when you buy one, if you can buy one, those are only operating on one system. So you're operating on the same system as they are. So you have secured communications. Uh, and quite frankly, they're some of the most secure. They're able to track you. I think if they're able to track you at all, they're able to get you within 50 to 75 square miles. That's almost untraceable. But those are very expensive. And those are, quite frankly, they're not available now. So we're not going to discuss them. Another device we're not going to discuss. We're not going to discuss Apple devices at all. And the reason we're not going to discuss Apple devices is because Apple is a closed system. Now, some argue that Apple is secure, but Apple says that they're secure by their own standards. We're secure. We're not going. This is what Apple says. We're secure. We're not going to sell any of your information, but you need to trust us with it. That's Apple. I don't trust. They Apple. don't. No, they don't. They don't sell your information to a third parties. They use it themselves. That, that, that's the caveat there. And like I said uh, earlier, these celebrities had their accounts hacked and whatnot. They were Apple. It was the cloud service that was provided during that time period was Apple. So yeah, I, 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 don't, I don't trust them at all. And honestly, uh, that's another thing that uh, I'll just 
point out real quick since we're kind of on the topic. Cloud services, um, those are pretty risky. Um, you, you don't really want to use a cloud service. Uh, that, that's not uh, not wise. No, not at all. If at all, get yourself a little uh, USB flash drive and enable it through developer mode, which we'll talk about a little bit. Of that. We'll get into some of that stuff today uh, to get into your phone to download that information that you need onto a flash drive and take it with you. They call it OTG storage on the go storage is what it stands for. Last but not least, the last device we're not going to discuss, we're not going to discuss Linux phones. And the reason we're not going to discuss Linux phones, yes, they are part of this uh, this whole crypto phone thing. That's true. But the reason we're not going to discuss those is because those are for more of your uh, power users, more of your advanced users, people that are familiar with a Linux operating system. And the average person, uh, Linux has kind of gone its own way and the average person hasn't kept with it. So um, most people are familiar with Android. Most people are familiar with Apple. Uh, but like I said, we're not going to discuss Apple today. We're going to discuss Android. Uh, and the reason we're going to discuss that is for reasons I'm going to mention here in just a few minutes. Uh, but Linux phones, we will not be discussing those, though they make some great devices. Uh, Bruce and I have been looking through some of those things, uh, through some of those devices, and some of them, quite frankly, aren't that bad. Um, and pro possibly down the road, maybe we could discuss those uh, on another podcast, maybe, but uh, not today because we've got a lot of information to cover today. Sat phones off the table, Apple phones off the table, Linux phones off the table. We're strictly going to talk about Android phones. So the first thing I would do is I would encourage you, if you're interested in this type of thing, I would encourage you to get a pen and paper and to take notes on everything we're going to discuss today, because there is a lot to digest. And uh, well, quite frankly, I mean, you can go back and you can listen to it, but uh, it would be easier for you to just jot things down and go research these things for yourself. And we encourage you, if you're looking for a new form of communication, if it's time for you to get an upgrade, the prices we're going to discuss today are not that far out of reach from what you would pay for a new Samsung device. As a matter of fact, they're going to be cheaper than that. Uh, it's going to be cheaper than, uh, than a new Apple device. Uh, it's going to be cheaper than a new... Um, I almost said a Google phone. <laughs> it's going to be cheaper than, uh, well, it's going to be cheaper than, than a lot of these other mainline flagship devices you're going to see out there. Uh, and it's going to be secure. The reason that you don't hear about these things is because this is what these companies don't want you to know. So that's why we're discussing it. I would encourage you, uh, please take notes if you're, uh, if you're interested in uh, pursuing one of these options for yourself. Let's talk about the phones. Okay, so first of all, what phones are you going to be looking at in order to do this? Well, it's quite simple. You have two options. You can buy the phone yourself and you can program it yourself, which is kind of the option that we're advocating for here for you to do because you build the device yourself. You have control over it. And it is very rudimentary on how to do this. And we will explain all of that. So it's not as complicated as you might think. I was a bit intimidated at first, to be fair, until I figured out how simple it was. And I was literally done in five minutes after I had my heart attack. Then I was able to do it. Bruce is laughing at me because he was there. He, he was there when I had the heart attack. Uh, not a real one. So what phones are you going to buy if you want to build one yourself? The answer might shock you. And what you're going to do is you're going to buy a Google Pixel phone. And you might ask, well, wait a minute, hold on, stop, stop, stop. You've gone through the last four years now and talked about how much you loathe Google and you can't stand them and, uh, and you're kicking their teeth in every time you get a chance. The reason that they choose these phones to build these particular operating systems is because at the end of it, you are using Android, which was developed by Google, but Google developed that operating system and they put it out as open source in hopes that other people, other companies would pick it up and incorporate their software into it. So Google would then 
take over everything by providing the software and people could tailor it to how they wanted. It was a smart business move, to be fair. In this case, what this group of people have done is they have taken Android and they've stripped it down to the bare bones. There is no Google whatsoever. None. When you hear about a de-Googled phone, that's what this is. There are no Google services. There are no support for Google services. Anything that you do to try and access Google services will not work. Why the Google phone? Well, you're not buying the phone because it's a Google phone. You're buying it because of the chipset that's in it. That's what you're buying. More specifically, Google makes a specific security chip. It's called a Titan M. That is their most advanced security chip, and it is one of the best. As a matter of fact, Google offers a million dollars. They have a million dollar bounty out there for anybody that can crack the security code of their Titan M security chips. To this date, no one has claimed that bounty. And it is tax-free, by the way. So that's what you're after. You're after the stripped-down version of Android as an operating system, and you're after the security chip that comes with it. The security chip, in conjunction with that software, is going to harden that device. And it's going to make it almost uncrackable. That's why you're after this. Which devices? You're after anything that is Pixel 4, Pixel 5, and then, of course, now the new Pixel 6. Those are now supported as of, I, th I believe it's three weeks ago. So what you're going to do, you ask, how do you get one of these things? Well, you don't go to a provider. You don't do that. This is what you want to do. You want to go to Google themselves. Oddly enough, this is exactly what I did. You want to go to Google themselves, and you want to buy a device directly from them. Now, this is going to cost you anywhere between... Uh, I believe you looked yesterday, you pulled some prices. The Pixel 5a is 449. Is that right? Yeah, 449 USD. Okay, four, 449 USD. Uh, and it's not much, like these prices are not much different in euros and in pounds either. These prices are about the same. The Pixels, uh, the Pixel 5s, I believe, are, uh, which I don't even think they sell those anymore, uh, which is unfortunate. I saw a Pixel 5 on Amazon last night for 750, if you can believe it. That's ridiculous. Uh, I didn't pay that new. I think I paid six twenty nine for mine when I bought it a couple of years ago. But you might think, okay, well, this is an awful lot of money. Well, you have to think you're buying the phone outright. You own it. You're not buying a, a subscription plan here. You're not, you're not doing whatever it is through your provider, however they do the phones nowadays. It used to be the two-year contract and you get the phone for free or whatever it was, and then they charge it. Now, now it's like the plan. You have to get a particular plan and they they bill the plan higher with the phone you get and you get a free phone or whatever. It's, it's ridiculous. Yeah. Don't be subservient to that. Don't be subservient to that. Because by the time you get through with that contract or with that that uh, higher tier plan or whatever it is, you could have bought two or three of these things within the time mm -hmm. period that you're going to use it. Four forty nine for a new phone for a for a new smartphone that you own. That's cheap. That's cheap. What's the new Apple? Whatever in the hell the Apple thirteen Max Pro or whatever it is. What is it like fourteen ninety nine or something? Yeah, they're they're expensive. It's ridiculous. Um, well, to be fair, the if you go with the the Google six Pro or the the Pixel six Pro, yeah, it's like. A thousand dollars or something like that. No, it's seven ninety nine. At least here, it's, it, right now, seven ninety nine. Yeah, it. Yeah, it, it's somewhere in that range. Uh, it's eight hundred to a thousand, somewhere in that range. Yeah. But what's in that phone is uh, is quite impressive. We, we were going through some of it yesterday. The hardware that's in that phone is is pretty impressive. I was looking at it compared to uh, the iPhone uh, the iPhone Pro thirteen, whatever it is, and the Galaxy S twenty one, and it was. It was toe to toe with all of them. Uh, it was quite impressive at yeah. a lot less price. Honestly, the the we, we were kind of going over that as well. Some of the reason that you would get that one specifically is if you like taking pictures or video, mm -hmm. uh, because there's some there's some features that the software has that I'm pretty sure is still going to be there. 
uh, because it still has the chipset. So long story short, the chipset on there, there's a specific two specific processors called the Tensor processor that's specifically meant for uh, machine learning or artificial intelligence, if you will. And they use that for uh, the photos, the video, audio, so you can like translate or transcribe, you know, all those kind of things. Those are all done through that. Some of the features that it has on there for cameras is pretty cool. Um, you, you can take a picture of someone in motion and still get the blurring of everything, like the, the person and everything, the environment, as if they're in motion, but you can still see the face. Like you can make out the face with clarity. And it's all because of their AI suite that's on there. Really cool from a technological standpoint. Also concerning for the average user that isn't going to go in and root their phone and, um, you know, have their own software operating system. So after you get one of these phones, and yeah, I, I agree, they were they were quite impressive with the uh, uh, the hardware that was in them. But where they're going to go with that? Uh, see, all that stuff, even all those features you're talking about, that's not going to matter. That that's not going to matter. That's not going to matter because everything that Bruce was talking about is used in conjunction with Google software. If you don't have Google software to use with that hardware, well, then that hardware doesn't perform where they want it to perform because it's optimized to perform with their their software. So you're not going to use their software. You're going to take their software off of it when you get the device. So let's say you order up one of these phones, whichever one you want. Again, it has to be a Pixel 4, Pixel 5, or Pixel 6, okay? Google Pixel, you have to get it directly from them. Once you order it from them and you get it delivered to you, it's going to come out of the box with Google software on it. You can turn that device on. Once you turn it on, do not, under any circumstances, sign into it. It's not going to matter. What you can do, what Google allows you to do, is it allows you to do the software upgrade. So if there's an upgrade to Android from the time it ships to the, or for the time it was boxed at the factory to the time it gets to you, then it allows you to upgrade without signing in. Do your upgrade. And then what are you going to do? You're going to head over on your web browser to a website called Graphene. We've talked about graphene before. And no, this is not the uh, the wonder material of the future. That's not what we're talking about. But they did design, a group of people did design an operating system based around it because it is one of the most hardened operating systems on the market. And it's very well done. So you're going to go over to grapheneos.org and you're going to follow their on-screen guide. And it's very simple. You're going to plug your phone directly into your USB port on your computer and you're going to hit install on the web browser. That's all you're going to do. And it will do the work itself. It will walk you through the steps on how to install it. It's so simple. It's so simple. It takes five minutes, 10 minutes tops to do this. That's all it takes. That is all it takes. I wish it was more complex than that. It used to be more complex than this. They offer you the chance to even if you just want to for fun, they offer you the chance to go through and code it yourself. We tried to do that too, and it didn't work. <laughs> but it didn't work because I was doing something wrong. But that was my fault. But once you have this phone, once this software is on it, and like I said, literally, it takes about 10 minutes. You do not have to be a tech savvy person to do this. It's so simple for you to do this. Once you get it, once it's finished, once you go through the process, you need to go through a verification process because you want to make sure that it's not compromised and they, they go through all of that. This is another important step is you want to make sure that you have 
this operating system put in correctly. Now, in order to do this, and there are other operating systems, we're going to talk about that. This is not the only one, but this is the one that we champion because it's it's just fantastic. I want to talk about security features of installing it. The security features of installing it, first and foremost, you want to make sure that when you do a custom version of software on a smartphone that you're going to control, you want to make sure that you have something called a locked bootloader, meaning there is no chance of any kind of uh, hacking of that device remotely. Bruce, you want to go into locking bootloaders and, and what the significance is of that and why that's important? Basically, to, to go over what it is a little bit, a bootloader is, that's like the initial installer and starter of uh, the OS. So when you shut your device off, there's bits of that OS information that's stored onto uh, what's called non-volatile memory. And that's what's used when it restarts. It, it uses that bits of code to, re well, anyway, a bootloader, that's basically what it is, is it's that, that initial system to ensure the device kicks up again when device, uh, uh, apps are installed, those kind of things. Um, that, that's the uh, initial software. It's also the initial software that's used to install an OS altogether. So it, it's kind of, think of it like if you have a PC, think of it like uh, your, your BIOS. Think of it that way. That's that's basically what it is. By not having it locked, that means someone could get access to your BIOS and they could change anything in there. And they could basically circumvent all the security measures you're taking here or just completely um, just steal all the information from it. So it's really important uh, that you have a that when you're when you're doing a custom OS that it locks the bootloader after it's done, after it does this process. Uh, and that just ensures that it's, the bootloader is not going to be changed again without your authorization. Exactly right. And you also want to make sure that you have a verification system. You want to make sure that the install is verified and you can do that on another device. So obviously you're going to have another uh, phone that you're transitioning to or from rather. Uh, and you have apps that you can download on both of them to verify that that was a good install. Uh, and the fingerprint that comes off of that install from Graphene is unique to you and you alone. So it's not copied by anyone else. You want to make sure that you have a locked bootloader system, as Bruce just explained, and, and why you want to have that. You want to make sure that you have a verified install to make sure that your system was not compromised in the process of that install. Uh, I'll throw in as well. It's not just uh, ensuring that you weren't compromised, but it's also ensuring that because this is being downloaded over the internet, it's also ensuring that there was no errors in the install. That you know Something you downloaded may have become corrupted, uh, there could have been like a, a jitter in the in the uh, jitter. Uh, there could have been a, cha a change in the the data flow, the data speed. However, you want to word it. There, there there could have been a loss of data. There could have been um, a mismatch or something. So they just wants to ensure that there was no errors in the install, as well as the as you were saying, it hasn't been compromised as well. You know, when you get one of these phones up and running, when you boot it up for the first time, you might think, "Boy, this is awful ordinary." Well, that's the point. That's the point. Your average phone through Apple or uh, uh, Samsung or, or whatever, so, some Android device using this, uh, whatever, uh, using that software, it sends out signals as in it, it sends out tracking back to these companies. 
they're logging your keystrokes. They're logging how many times you look at the screen. They're logging how many times you touch the screen, what buttons you're fiddling with, what's being said through your microphone, what's being watched through your camera. All that information goes back where your location is in real time. Do you ever wonder why your battery doesn't make it past usually about six or seven hours? Because all of this data is being transmitted back to the cloud, I guess, or wherever their servers are. All of it's going back to them. With a graphene system, you don't have that. All of that is closed off. First of all, you don't have all of these apps. You might be thinking, well, how do I get apps? We'll get into that. But you want to make sure that you have certain access to certain things. You want to make sure you have access to your microphone. You want to make sure you have access to your camera. You want to make sure you have access to your location. You want to make sure that these things are secured. You want to be able to make sure that you are secured on your own private network, such as your Wi-Fi network in your house. This is another feature of graphing, and it is enabled by default, and I love this. As soon as you sign in to your home Wi-Fi network, every time there's a connection made to your home router, there is a random Mac ID that is generated on your device itself. So it's never the same. It randomizes that. So it comes up as a new unique device every single time it logs in, which is fantastic. I love that. So you know that you're on a secured connection. Verified boots, lock bootloaders, features such as accessing your microphone, your location data, your camera. You want to make sure you have control over all of these things. You have buttons that allow you to control. You can toggle those things on and off. You can toggle your microphone off. You can toggle it on. You can toggle your camera off, on. Doesn't matter. Camera will not work if it's not enabled by default because you have access to that device at the root level. Same thing with your location. You can actually change it. You can have this thing send out a false location and randomize every five minutes to every 30 minutes to every hour, whatever you want. So they never know where you are. That's the whole point. They also do some wizardry with the uh, what, what's coming in, the, the information that's sent and received from the carrier. It still receives mm-hmm. all the same information from the carrier but it then converts it using scripts and other methods to basically hide uh, any of the information about you that you don't want the carrier knowing about. Some of the analytic stuff that carriers take nowadays, you, you would be hidden from. So They do fantastic work over there. I, I'm, I'm more and more impressed every time that I look at, uh, at what they've done. Now, they have introduced certain things over there. They have introduced uh, mirrors of Google. You can add Google services to your device if you so choose, but they are stripped down. They're called Google Sandbox uh, versions. So you can integrate the Google system if you so choose. I like that they give you the option. It's not an everybody's already opted in and you have to opt out kind of thing. If you want to be able to access certain things on your device, then you need to have Google services. And they do that. They offer that. But it's again, it's it's not what you would normally think of as a Google service. Uh, it's a stripped down sandbox version of it that allows you to access it uh, at the root level. And that's it. So there is no connection to Google, even though there's a name tied to it. There's no connection to that system. You're also able to install things like Google Play in a sandbox and still be able to get all the, the Google Play apps. Some of them may not function quite properly exactly. They have made it to where it'll go through the sandbox and the sandbox is tied to each user. Um, and, you know, if there's individual users for it. Um, and the other thing about the, the, uh, about, you know, still having Google play on there, Google play isn't given any, any special privileges in the sense of it has no access to anything, uh, other than what you tell it. So if you say, okay, yeah, I'll, I'll allow you to have access to storage or whatever. Cause you want to, you're, you're, you download a game, you want to play a game on your phone. Uh, you can tell it that, okay, you can store the save game on my phone. You know, you can, you can go through and give it permissions and whatnot. 
but it's still limited within the sandbox. It, it's not able to get out of that sandbox, if you will. So it, even though you have it, they're not taking analytical data from you. Think of it like trapping a bug in a uh, in a glass jar. That's what they've done with it, more or less. Uh, you know, and what's fascinating about this is that once you realize how much of your battery is being used by all these other background processes, once you get on something like graphene on your own device that you've programmed and built yourself, not only does it give you a sense of accomplishment for actually stepping outside the system and having full attitude control over, over your digital independence, but... You can get like four days out of this battery. <laughs> can you imagine a cell phone that lasts like four days, a mobile phone that lasts four days because it doesn't have all the extra junk running in the back? It's amazing. You can turn off all the extra sensors as well. You have full access to that. You know, aside from like the camera, the microphone, you know, the, the typical yeah. stuff, but like the accelerometer, the, the, the gyroscopes, <laughs> the compass, all those things, you can shut them all off. I turned mine off on, I, I saw, I was dealing with an app the other day. It's actually one of the apps we're going to talk about today. I was dealing with an app the other day and it's an app that you can hide as in for security reasons, you can hide it, not exactly hide it per se. Maybe I'm using the wrong word. You can disguise it. It'll change into another app. And until you open that app, you can either type in a code or you can shake the phone and the app will then go back to normal. So anybody that looks at it will think that it's just something other than what it is. It's it's pretty interesting what you can do with some of these things. But I disabled the um, I disabled one of the sensors that allows it to know that like the, it was like the motion sensor or something. And so I'm sitting there, I'm like shaking my phone. <laughs> I'm shaking it like as hard as I can. I'm like, what the hell's wrong with you? And it wouldn't change back. I thought I was going to have to reinstall it. But then I realized I had to re-enable the thing. I guess it's another security feature, right? Undiscovered security feature. Uh, another thing that you can do with these phones, you know, the um, it still has like the fingerprint sensor and stuff, but all of that stays local. All of that is stored locally. It's not it's not sent anywhere else. I don't use that stuff. I think it has the face unlock. But again, I don't use that stuff. That's all stored locally again as well. I don't I, I just don't I, I don't like that stuff. Pin scrambling. This is a fantastic feature. This takes the pin number you would normally key into your phone for a security screen. What this will do, this will allow you to expand that. And what it does, it doesn't give you the typical, like the phone dial pad. It doesn't do that. Every time the screen comes up, the numbers are scrambled in a different place. So if somebody's watching you, then they can watch your keystrokes of what it is, what, what you're trying to put in. But those are going to be different every time. Every single time you go to unlock that phone, it's going to be different. So I like that. And it allows you to increase the pin up to, uh, I think it's 16 characters. I'm not sure, but, uh, or maybe it's a 10 digit character. I don't know. I use a 10 digit pin. It, it's amazing. I love it. They also have a lockdown feature. So if someone's coming along rather than um, uh, allow them to, uh, you know, simply get into your phone, you press and hold the power button. It goes into something called lockdown and they have to then figure out a, uh, they have to figure out your scrambled pin in order to get into it. And a 10 digit pin that's scrambled. Now, here's the key to that. Let's say they get it wrong. It'll say wrong pin. And then they do it again and again and again. Every time they get it wrong, the timer starts and it doubles over on itself. And didn't you say, Bruce, it, it goes up to like 10 days or something? The, uh, the timer goes up to like 10 days? Yeah, it, it's something like 10 days yeah, or two weeks or something like that. So uh, meaning you won't be able to try the, the, the pin again for that duration. Like it locks you out for that duration. So basically when when you have just the the 10 digit pen it, it could take uh it, it could take about a year to, to breach that but then you throw in the fact that it progressively gets longer and longer on on the delay yeah that that's going to it's going to prolong that even even further and by then you know uh the the information they're trying to get is probably not valid anymore no it's out of date because things will have moved on 
Uh, but anyway, again, this is this is a very simple uh, device. Now, you might be asking, how do I get updates? Well, updates are very important because it patches up security flaws and security leaks and things like that. You want to make sure that that gets done. That is another thing that you need to pay attention to when you're looking at one of these devices. Updates. Are you going to get updated? I get updates almost every day. I had another one today. Uh, they are very good over at Graphene about pushing uh, seamless updates. They call them seamless updates, and they just run in the background, just like you would normally get for your regular uh, Google services or Android services or whatever, uh, or Apple updates or any of that stuff. But it doesn't come with like all the nefarious crap in the background. It doesn't come with any of that. It simply patches up security things. They might do uh, they have a they have an app suite now for specifically for their native apps, such as like their camera app and those things update individually. Their camera, their camera app has it's come so far. I mean, it takes some really, really good pictures now. Uh, it, it really does, because the camera, the camera itself on these phones, I don't care which phone it is, the camera on these phones, they're not really that good. The only thing that makes them as good as that as they are is the software that's behind them. And the Google software, to be completely fair, the Google software is really good for their cameras. It's really good. And they put out some amazing photo qualities. But if you don't have that, a Google camera isn't going to do you any good if you don't have the Google software. So they've done a really great job uh, getting uh, getting their camera software up. It's got like all the pro settings and everything now, and it's 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 come a long way, and I'm, I'm really impressed with it. Encrypted backups, uh, great thing to have. Uh, no Google, most importantly, or you can do the sandbox version. I like that they give you the option, and there's no uh, analytics or anything like that. And if you want, you can opt into that stuff. I like that. End-to-end -end encryption. This is where it gets interesting. End-to-end -end encryption. That's why you're building this device. You want end-to-end -end encryption. Bruce, do you want to explain the importance of end-to-end -end encryption and why that's necessary? Let's say you're having a conversation with someone, phone, text, whatever, and encryption is only on one side of that. That means either A, uh, the, the individual you're messaging or talking to is not going to hear what you're saying or see what you're saying because they don't have the encryption system either, which there's actually, if you're using this phone and someone else isn't using the phone, it's still encrypted from your end. It's just, it won't be encrypted on their end. Basically what that means is if someone was to grab the data wirelessly, um, so if you're on a Wi-Fi network, this is a problem. If you're on a public Wi-Fi network uh, with a laptop, for example, and you decide, hey, I'm going to check out my bank account or something like that. And you have someone that's either spoofed the Wi-Fi and it's the same name as a, a local Wi-Fi connection, but you, you know, it's, it's a different one and they're, they're tracking everything or they have gained access to that one and are tracking it um, or using various software. Um, Wireshark as an example uh, to go in and see what packets are going through there. They can see that you connected to it, grab the packets uh, to a, to the a banking a website, they could grab the packets from that and they could figure out what your password is and all of that. However, when it's encrypted, it's um, a bunch of junk information is in there that they have to sift through, basically, is what happens. It makes it difficult for them to be able to figure it out. In fact, it's so difficult that a 256-bit encryption, it would take them years to get through. It's uh, some of the passwords I've used in the past. I was actually notified of Google because back then I was using Google. I was just notified here, I don't know, about a month ago that one of the passwords had been found on the dark web. And that password and that account has not been used in a, about a decade. Like nothing that a, that account is associated with exists anymore. It just kind of chuckled because if you're continually changing your passwords and keeping them 
as long as you can possibly do them seriously i recommend at least doing 16 characters yeah or or, or you know have a like a have a system you know you you you've kind of talked about it before when you do passwords you can do a simple method of of coming up with a eight character long phrase that you can easily remember uh one capital letter at the beginning of that maybe a number at the end or you know somewhere in there and then having an underscore and then tying the last part of your password with uh, the web page or the service you're um, using the password for. That way, uh, it gives you a long password. Uh, you can have different passwords for every service you have, and it's easy for you to remember or at least guess within three to five tries. The importance of that is the longer the password, the more difficult it is to get through. Same thing with encryption. The bigger the encryption, you know, instead of uh, 128, is going to be easier to crack than 256. If there's more data for them to sift through. There's more that they have to get right, if you will. So very important to have encryption on both ends if you can. If you can't, at least having one side encrypted is better than nothing. Absolutely. And in this case, we're talking about your side, as in the side. Because, I mean, obviously, you can't expect everybody to do it. So, I mean, you you want to protect yourself as much as possible. Um, and so we're, when we're talking about that, we're talking about voice calls. We're talking about text messages. It doesn't necessarily have to be like the SMS messages. It could be like messages through a messaging service. Uh, and we're also talking about browsing and email. Now, we're going to go down through examples of all these. So let's talk about calls and messages, just these things. If you're looking to make phone calls to landlines and to mobile phones, you have some options here. One of these involves another device that we were going to discuss. It's called a black phone. Black phone is essentially more or less what you're doing is you're building the equivalent of what one of these things is. The only thing is, is that's actually a brand name. Uh, and what that is, that's another version of uh, a crypto phone that has their own custom version of software on it. And it's not bad, to be fair. It's not bad. It's a pretty decent phone. Uh, they came out many years ago and they've got a new model out now. And um, yeah, they're. I actually looked at them before considering this option, but Quite frankly, I didn't like the Google integration. I thought it was too. I thought it was too deep. I was looking to get away from Google, not compromise and keep it. So I wasn't looking for that. However, they offered Blackphone. They offered something called Silent Circle, and what that is, that is a calling plan. That's a texting plan. That's a cloud service, more or less. But the problem is, is that it costs money. It's a subscription-based service. And it's quite expensive. You get a specific amount of time to talk. And I didn't really like that because, I mean, okay, yeah, I get it. It's encrypted and all that stuff. But uh, at the same time, data is relatively inexpensive. I, I just thought that it was, uh, I thought that it was too much. Your base plan with something called Silent Phone is, which was a subscription service you had to, uh, you, you had to take with a phone, uh, with a black phone, was 120 a, 120 a year. But that didn't even cover the phone calls that you would make to mobiles and landlines around the world. Now, if you wanted to do that, you would get 100 minutes a month and it would cost you 240 a year. And I thought that was kind of pricey. So I just stayed away from it. Uh, but again, I mean, to each their own, it is an option. Uh, and again, with a black phone, that is something that they offer with that. It's a, it's a subscription based that you have to buy every year, a silent phone subscription. There is another option. Uh, there's a new startup company that I've been dealing with, uh, and I'm going to mention them here today because I've had fantastic success with them. And it's a US-based company, and it's called Volta Wireless. You can go to their website, voltawireless.com, and you can check them out. They offer the same exact service that I was just mentioning uh, from Silent Phone, except for Volta offers SIM cards with their service. Oddly enough, 
they also offer phones. It's a brand new company. As a matter of fact, the uh, the CEO was uh, speaking, at, I believe you said, Bruce, he was speaking at CPAC this year. Yes, I believe so. Yeah. Uh-huh. Yeah. Look, the person that is the CEO of this company, they believe in privacy and they want to be able to allow you to have access to your privacy as well. So what you can do with this company is you can pre-order one of their phones if you choose. They have phones that are available. If you don't want to build one, they have phones that are up for sale on their uh, on their website that are uh, crypto phones. And quite frankly, they don't look half bad. I was looking at the two models that they offer and they're pretty good. Possibly in the future, that might be another option that I might consider. I don't know yet. I like the fact that I can build my own though. When you buy a phone through another company, the one that you don't build yourself, you do make compromises. So keep that in mind. There are compromises. You don't know exactly what's been done with that operating system. And you don't know if you have an unlocked bootloader with that operating system. So I would be very cautious. The reason we were talking about graphene in the beginning is because we can verify all of that information. And I've got one myself. Uh, and it's uh, it's done some wonders. And I think, Bruce, you're looking at possibly doing that uh, for your, your next upgrade when you do your next upgrade. Yeah. Yeah. And it's also cheaper. It's yes, cheaper it's a lot cheaper. It is a lot cheaper. Um, and I, I've had great success with it. And like I said, I took a plan through Volta. Volta has a secured calling. You can call any number in the world, toll free. You get assigned a US number, which is an untraceable number. Uh, you can pick where you want it to come from, what state, what prefix even. It doesn't really matter. You can control that yourself. Uh, there's no voicemail or anything like that. You get calling, you get texting, and they also offer their own app. Uh, and you can download the app directly from them, which is where I want to go to next. I want to talk about apps, phone services, encrypted communications. You can make your communications, at least on your end, secure, and you can make it affordable. We just told you how to do that. Look into these options if you're so inclined. Let's get into apps. What are some of the good apps that you can use? Now, I know that there are a lot of websites that say, oh, I don't know the top 10 apps to use for secure communications and uh, the, the top 25 apps to do this. And OK, whatever. I'm going to talk about the apps that I have personal experience with and that I know that are secured and that work. And I know other people that are on these apps and they believe in them as well. And that's why we all talk on them. Telegram, first and foremost. Of course, we have our Telegram channel here. Uh, we've kind of neglected it lately. And I, for that, I do apologize. Um, and we've got some other people working on it right now as well. But Telegram is one. Also with Telegram, they give you the option to send secured messages back and forth, encrypted messages back and forth. And you can make encrypted phone calls through their service back and forth. So there is that option as well. That is a free option. That doesn't cost you any money. These other options I was talking about uh, previously, those cost you money. Those are subscription-based services, but they allow you to call landlines and mobiles all over the world at no charge. That's a pretty good deal if you're if you're talking about using the uh, the actual public service lines. But when you're making private calls to another user, I think the uh, the Telegram option is uh, is fantastic. Signal is another one that does uh, encrypted calling, encrypted messaging, encrypted file transfers. Uh, these are great, great secured systems, at least for the moment. Email services. If you're looking to change email services, you want to get away from Gmail, you want to get away from uh, Yahoo or whatever these mail services are that you're using, I highly recommend ProtonMail. It is based in Switzerland. They don't have to abide by the European Union and the United States and the Canadian and the Australian laws uh, and the UK laws for uh, data security. They operate out of their own system down there. 
So uh, if you want uh, secured encrypted email, which you can send them out encrypted, and if someone else is using Proton, they have to decrypt it on their end before they can read it. I would highly recommend that uh, you take a look at Proton Mail. Browsing. I want to talk about browsers. Now, with Graphene, you get a default browser with them, and it's pretty good. It's based on Chrome, and it is a stripped-down version of Chrome, uh, and it's called Vanadium. It's pretty bare bones, but uh, it, it does the job. It's quick. It's snappy. It, it does everything that it needs to do. Uh, I'm impressed with it. It's uh, it's open source uh, and it's uh, it's secured. I like it. It doesn't take any of the cookies or any of that garbage with it. So you don't have to worry about any of that nonsense. Uh, it doesn't have any of the you know malware fishers and trackers and tracers and everything like that. So there's none of that stuff. So you don't have to worry about that. I like that. Also, there is uh, what's the other uh, what's the other one? Tor browser. We can talk about the Tor browser. Brave. You want to talk about Brave, right? And I think you had another one. Yeah, Tor Browser and uh, Brave. We can kind of go over Tor real quick if you want. Uh, yeah. Kind of explain it. Tor is basically just, the, the advantages to it is all your data is going through multiple relays. And the relays will basically go around the world, more or less. Um, granted, Tor isn't the best for uh, going online and, and, and uh, you know, downloading content or or... Uh, you know, watching videos and all of that. It's not a fast service. The browser is not going to be fast. It's not going to be snappy or any of those kind of things. You're going to have to wait a few seconds before web pages start loading. But again, that's because you're sacrificing uh, some of that speed, snappiness and whatnot for the added security of of going through those relays. Makes it very difficult for um, uh, internet service providers or uh, really anyone uh, to track where you're going, what your IP address is, what content you're looking at, any of those kind of things. It, it makes it more difficult. And then uh, a Brave. Brave is technically it's based on Chromium, which is Google Chrome. However, they've stripped out a lot of the Google of it and have made it more secure. And right now, this is the most secure and convenient at the same time. Brave still has some of the, the features that you're used to. It saves things like, you know, you can do like um, um, saving web pages, bookmarks. Uh, you can save your passwords if you're into that and all of this. Uh, and it's all done locally uh, on your system. It's not saved, it's synced or any of those kind of things. Um, I don't even know that they have a syncing feature. I'm not, I don't use it, uh, the, the sync feature, if it does have one uh, that I'm not aware of. Uh, but it also has a really nice feature of um, you can you can set up a um, privacy protected ads. So basically, uh, Brave will just push you ads every once in a while. And if you opt into this is an opt in, mind you, um, and they will pay you a Bitcoin. It, it's a cryptocurrency, a basic uh, attention token, I believe is what it's called or something like that. And they, they pay you uh, for for seeing ads. Um, so. That's a nice little extra feature that Brave has, and you can earn a little bit of money just for surfing the web. Indeed. Indeed. I like that feature. So where do you get these apps? And I'm going to talk about a few others here, but where do you get these apps? If you decide you're going to jump ship and you leave Apple and you leave Google, there's no app store. What do you do? Well, it's the same option that you're given on all of these other pre-made devices if you buy them. If you buy a black phone, if you buy... Uh, a Calyx phone. I didn't even talk about Calyx. Calyx is another one. Uh, Calyx, C-A-L-Y-X-O-S. Calyx OS. That's another one uh, that's uh, that's out there. You can buy one of their devices as well. Although it's more new than uh, than Graphene, and I really don't know a whole lot about it. Uh, but it is an option, and it is a stripped down version of Android. But I'm sure there's plenty of uh, 
plenty of other things that we can discuss about it in the future. Again, I want to talk about Linux phones in the future too. So uh, we can discuss more of like the power user kind of thing. Calyx is another one, but even them, uh, and they, they incorporate Google service as well. Uh, the people that do Volta, the people that do the, the phones that are going to be offered through Volta, which they're taking pre-orders now, all of them use the same thing. It's called the Aurora store. And what is that? That is a mirror of the Google Play Store. So you will have access to all of the apps that you would have on the Google Play Store, with the exception of this particular app store. It tells you exactly how many trackers are in each app, if there are any, and what they do. So it will warn you before you download it. I like that feature. I really do like that feature. There's also an app store called F-Droid. Again, you can just go into your web browser and you can download these uh, these APKs yourself. And the APK is just the, uh, that's the file type for Android that allows it to read it and you can install things yourself. Anything like Signal, anything like Telegram, you can download those directly from their websites and you can install them and keep them updated that way. Uh, that's what I do. I don't uh, I don't install that stuff from uh, F-Droid or anything like that. F-Droid is an app store uh, that's open source. Uh, you get Aurora through F-Droid. There's also another store called G-Droid, which is a mirror of Aurora. So there's plenty of these app stores out there that offer all of the apps that you're used to. Uh, and you don't have to sacrifice uh, those if you don't want. So there, there are those. There are also apps over there especially like on F-Droid, these are extremely interesting apps that you can pick up. These are apps that are not available through Google and Apple uh, that I'm about to talk about. And that's why I waited to talk about these. They have apps through something called the Guardian Project. And what this is, this is a privacy-censored group. This is also the same group that develops the Tor Browser app, which you can get through them as well, uh, the Guardian Project. They have a whole repository over on uh, F-Droid that you can get once you have a, uh, once you have a graphene phone. It has apps like something called Obscuracam. What's Obscuracam do? Well, every time you take a photo, what happens when you take that photo? Do you know if somebody looks at that photo and they download that photo, they can examine the metadata of that photo and they can put you within 10 feet of where that photo was taken? Did you know that? And that's open information that's out there for the world to see. Do you know what was happening in Ukraine with a lot of the, uh, uh, the mercenaries that were going over there to fight? Do you know how they were getting bombarded by the Russian troops? Because they were taking photos of themselves. And the Russians were looking at them saying, oh, what's the geolocation on that photo? And they knew exactly where they were in real time. So what does Obscuracam do? This is an app that automatically detects faces. Whenever you run a photo through this, it automatically detects faces and it pixelates all the faces. And on top of that, it also strips all the metadata off of that photo. So if you've got a group of people up there that you're taking a photo of and you're in that group, you can pick out what faces you want pixelated and you can strip out all of the metadata off of that photo and then you can post it. Just a security feature. That's all. I like it. I like it. Obscure cam. I don't keep a phone without it. Silence is another application that's used by uh, the Guardian Project. And that is an app that will replace your standard text messaging app. Again, these and some of these apps, these are available on the Play Store already. You can just go and grab these. Uh, you can check these out. Tor Browser's up there. Uh, I believe Obscure Cam's up there. I'm pretty sure. Uh, I know Silence is up there. I think you've got it. Um, but this replaces your 
uh, your text messaging app, your standard text messaging app. And what this does, this is this is an app that gives you the ability to, to encrypt your text messages, your SMS messages, it gives you the ability to encrypt them when you send them out. Now, the only downside is, is that the other person that receives those text messages, they have to have silence as well in order to decrypt them on their end. So it wouldn't really do, mu- do you much good if you're sending them out without it. I, I would also put a caveat in there. The app specifically silence. That was made by, um, uh, who was it? Uh, Signal, I believe. Um, the problem with silence, the app itself, is they stopped updating that and that they basically dump the app. Yes. Uh, so if you want, uh, if you want something that does the same thing and more, um, you, you're going to have to go to Signal uh, and and use Signal, which Signal it's a it's free as well and app. it does all the same stuff. It's a good app. So yeah, it's a really good app. Yeah, uh, it's a good app. Um, another app that I like, uh, that, as a matter of fact, these are brand new apps that have been uh, that have been getting regular updates. Privacy Cell. What does Privacy Cell do? I think, again, I think you can get this one on the Google Play Store already. Privacy Cell. This will give you real-time access to the network that you are currently connected to. So if you're connected to a 3G, a 4G, a 5G network, it will tell you that you're connected to that, and it will tell you if that network is secure and what the vulnerabilities are. So if you're vulnerable to Stingray, man-in-the-middle attacks, attacks of being hacked, IMSI catchers or whatever, that will alert you as to that network is compromised. Uh, If you're connected to your home network, obviously that's going to be, usually that's going to be, if you got it set up uh, correctly with the security features, that's going to be a secure network. You know your your communications are going to be secure there. It's a great app. Uh, I have it running in real time, all the time. So it's monitoring my network connections when I switch between Wi-Fi and uh, in the towers, the mobile data all the time. And it's telling me uh, every time. And it gives me a little notification beep every time uh, as to something when something changes. So I like that. I like the real-time monitoring. Also, private location is another application. This one is not available on regular devices. This is only available to those that have root access to their location. You can go into your developer options in your phone, uh, in your graphene phone, and you can tell it that you want to substitute the location with whatever you tell this app to do. This app, again, runs in real time, and it will anonymize your location at a random point in the world every five minutes to every 30 minutes, whatever you choose. So every 30 minutes, every time the uh, every time an app or uh, or a provider pings your phone and says, hey, where's the location of this person? It will bounce to another place around the world. So it's a way of spoofing your location. I like it. Last but not least, another one of my favorite apps is Umbrella. Umbrella is, it's not for everybody, but um, it is, and it is rather old, but the information in there is, uh, it has, I don't, I don't think it's been updated for like five years, but the information in there is so important to have. Uh, and I fell in love with this app when I first saw it. Again, this is an app that's available on regular devices. What this does, this app gives you checklists and it gives you advice if you find yourself in any trouble. So if you're, uh, I don't know, let's say you're in a, um, let's say you're in a line somewhere. I don't know, in a uh, in a line of uh, of cars. And then all of a sudden you're in another country and the police show up and they start checking cars. Well, you can type into that app what's happening to you and they'll give you suggestions about what you can do. If you need to go on the run, they'll tell you how to hide. They'll tell you how to mask yourself. They'll tell you exactly what's going to happen at a border checkpoint uh, and what to expect and what steps you can take in order to ensure your security, that type of thing. Uh, so it's very important. Uh, it's very important. It also gives surveillance tactics, how to find out if you're being tailed, how to find out if um, uh, if you're being watched, how to pick out people 
that might be watching you and how to do reverse counter surveillance on them. Very important app. A lot of great information in there. Uh, a lot of great checklists. So uh, so check that out as well. Umbrella is called. And like I said, that was the app I was having trouble with. You can have it changed. You can mask it. When you enable it, the app switches to something else. So if somebody looks at the phone, they're just going to see a regular plane. Like it's like a calculator or something it changes to. And no one's going to pay any attention to that. But if you shake the phone, you physically shake the phone, the app switches back and you can get right back to whatever you need to get back to. Also, unique feature about that app, it incorporates media. So you can monitor mainstream media feeds in there as well. You can choose what feeds you want to have in there. It also has an RSS feed that you can edit yourself. So if you want to add an RSS feed, a lot of these alternative media sites, the ones that are being demonized by uh, governments and everything else, you can actually go to their websites and they'll offer RSS feeds on their website. All you have to do is input that into uh, Umbrella and it'll add it to your feed in there. So even if the apps of these companies are compromised, you can still get access to their RSS feed through another app. So it's uh, it's very important to um, consider those types of things. Okay, there is a lot more that we could discuss here. Uh, but I think we're uh, we're getting we're at time, but um, I kind of. I kind of didn't get to everything I wanted to get to. I wanted to talk about VPNs, and I, maybe I can just do this really quickly. There's a few options that I use. The company that I mentioned earlier, Volta, they offer a VPN with all of their plans, and it gives you, uh, you can connect to any country you want, and it's high-speed access. What you can do with these phones, it allows you to route all applications through that VPN. So everything you do inside of every application is run through a VPN. Nothing that you do on any of these things will be tracked. Volta offers one if you choose to do a voice plan through them as an alternative means of encrypting your communications. The other app that I use is something called Proton VPN. Because I have a Proton Mail account, they offer a free VPN service to those that have email accounts with them. So I took their option. Why not? They offer a subscription-based plan as well, but I've already got a subscription-based plan through a voice company through another one. So I wasn't going to have two. There is a third option that I like. It is for apps only. It's not for voice communication. It's called Orbot. O-R-B-O-T. You can get this through the regular Play Store as well. Uh, you don't have to have a uh, you know special phone to in order to use this. The reason that this app is so important is when you activate this VPN to send all of your traffic through all of your other applications through this particular VPN, this one's different because it runs everything through the Tor network, which is what Bruce was talking about earlier. You do sacrifice speed, but... When you send out messages, it bounces around the globe five or six times before it actually gets to the other end. So there's no way of tracking it. So again, you're sacrificing some speed, but that's the compromise you make in order to ensure your security. I would also throw in um, ExpressVPN and NordVPN. Uh, ExpressVPN actually had a um, an instance to where a government, the Turkish government, uh, demanded they, they release information from the Turkish servers um, they gained the Turkish government um, seized those servers. They were unable to find any data on there, and the company would not release any data that they did have. Um, ExpressVPN doesn't track any of that data. They don't log anything. Um, so anyway, so, they have proven that they do not. It's been proven now. Yeah, um, and that's and one of the audits as well. Yeah, that's and that's one of the other things that I like about Volta, the company that I went with, is there's no logging on their end, none whatsoever. Everything that happens. So, for example, let's say I make a phone call to uh, to you, Bruce, and I'm using that uh, that phone service to call you, and on a regular line, 
let's say that someone's listening to your call and they can hear me on that call. Well, if they try to trace my call back through yours, it's going to dead end back on their servers and that's going to be the end of it. It's not going to go anywhere. And if they go to that company, the way that they've decentralized their company, if they go to that company, if they go to Volta and say, hey, we need the information on this particular person, they're going to say, what person? We don't have any record of that person. They're ignorant by design in their own words. I like that. Yeah. I like that. Yeah. Um, uh, uh, real quick on NordVPN, um, it's the cheaper option and it's the more well-known option. It isn't as secure as ExpressVPN. Uh, they were hacked here, I don't know, a couple of years ago, a few years ago, and their response to it was a little slow. However, they've gone through audits again, uh, independent audits, multiple, and they found that the servers were secure and they don't log. Uh, so it, it is a viable option. It's a cheaper option. They boast uh, fast speeds. It's also, I, I believe it's based out of the Netherlands, if I if I remember properly. Uh, the Nord part being literally like, what is it? Dutch or something. I don't remember. It's it, it's something. It basically means north. Is basically what it, it means. Yeah, Dutch or German. Yeah, yeah. it's they yeah. both say, they use the same word. So if this is not an option, if everything that we discussed here, and we could go on with more. There's other things like two factor authentication apps we didn't look at. Aegis. I would look at Aegis if I just put a quick plug in there. Uh, Aegis is a great one. Keyboards. Uh, virtual keyboards. Stay away from the ones that track your key logs. Just stay away from those. The Google boards, the G boards, whatever it is, throw those things in the garbage. Those things are junk. Any kind of keyboard that tracks your keystrokes, get rid of it. It's pointless because you're defeating the entire purpose. If you don't have the ability, you don't have an upgrade, you don't want to spend the extra uh, the extra 400 or whatever it is to get it to get started into one of these uh, these devices to do this, or if it's in some people, it might still be too intimidating for them. I understand. I get it. I really do. I, I truly understand it. Or maybe you don't have time for it. I, I, I understand that, too. If you don't have that option or if it's not something that's feasible for you in the immediate uh, or maybe it's something that's down the road, what can you do now? What can you do today? Well, there's a cheap root of entry, low tech option that you can take if you have an Apple phone or a you know just a regular Google phone or a Samsung or, or whatever, uh, or a Xiaomi or wh whatever, one of these devices. What you can do is you can go over to Amazon, and we've talked about these devices here before. You can pick up, and a lot of these companies are selling them now. You can pick up little Faraday bags. Uh, I've got one right here, Bruce, you can see it. You've, you've seen these things before. I've got a couple of these things. I got a large one for uh, like my satellite phone and a, uh, and a couple other things, um, and for a battery bank and all that stuff, uh, just in case. Uh, and I've got a small one for uh, just my, uh, my crypto phone, and that's it. And what it will do when you put your phone in this bag, it's literally sealing it off from the world. It's on its own little island, its own little deserted island. When it goes into that bag, you will get no notifications. You will get no phone calls. There will be no signals going in or out. With that, you will not be tracked. If you don't want your location being known to any of these companies, you want to go out and do your errands for the day or something, leave your phone in the bag. But there's a downside to it. The downside is you're not going to be able to make or receive calls unless you take the phone out of the bag and you're not going to be reachable. That's just the way that it is. Like I said, it's a rudimentary option, but it is... Even with even with a crypto phone, it is the only guaranteed way, and, and I have these things for a reason, there, it is the only guaranteed way to ensure that you are not going to be tracked when you go out. Now, you can take these other steps, but these things, even if you do one of these options, and these are not expensive. I mean, these, these bags, uh, these are anywhere between 20 and I think $45. Uh, they're not too bad. And they all pretty much do the same thing. Uh, I would look at uh, brands. Uh, some, some of the brands are actually better than the others. They offer a better quality material, uh, but they all pretty much do the same thing. Even so, 
this is the only surefire way. This is the only way to ensure that you're not going to be tracked. I carry one of these just in case. That's uh, Maybe it's overkill. I don't, I don't know. Maybe it's overkill. But um, I will always have one of these things from now going forward. I will always have one of these things. That's pretty much, uh, that's all I can offer for building your own uh, your own crypto phone. Uh, I think, I, and I've, I've talked people through this before. Personally, on the side, I've talked people through this before. And they're very happy with theirs. Uh, they're, they're satisfied with them. Uh, and they wish they'd done it sooner. This is one way that, and even so, as, as Bruce said, we're just buying time or we're just buying time more than anything else. But this is a way for you to take control of your digital independence. That's what this is all about. This is about you ensuring your own security, you taking control in the digital world of your own actions, not doing it through a company, not doing it through a government because they want you in that system they're building. That's what they want. They could easily come out and tell you all of this because it's quite frankly, it's cheaper than the options they're giving you. As I said yesterday, they're price gouging everybody on these devices and they're tracking you. They're listening to you. They're watching you. They're compromising your uh, your own privacy. And for what? No, I, I, I personally, I say no more to that. No more to that. No more taking advantage of good, innocent people. No, no more of that. If you've got an upgrade coming, I would highly recommend, I would highly, highly recommend looking into one of these options. And I hope that the information that we've provided here today, though it was probably confusing in, at a lot of points, I hope that the information we provided here today will help you do just that. Just as a final added bonus thing, uh, any, any apps or any of those kind of things we didn't go over, uh, I'll give you kind of a tip on looking up apps and trying to find um, what, what a viable option would be. So when you're looking up an app, one, a good option is to look at security experts' opinions on those apps. That, that's a good start. Look at what the features are offered to buy the app. See if you can find any kind of like negative reviews or negative like um, a negative press on it and see what the negative press is and if there's any validity to it. Then the next thing is find the company. If, it, if it's passed all of those tests, find out who the company's CEO is. Look them up on Twitter and see if they've said anything political or even from the company's account or any of those kind of things. Um, look to see if you can find any kind of social media of the CEO of the company, whether it's Twitter, Facebook, whatever, um, and see what their policies are there. That will give you an insight to the directions that company is going to continue going in terms of privacy. Uh, as an example, I used to be a, a Mozilla Firefox user for many years. Quite liked it. And then I took the time to sit and look at what the CEO was saying. And I was like, yep. I got to find a new browser now. And th that's basically what it boils down to is you need to look at what their policies are as well. It it was it was concerning. Um, I was just actually made privy to this uh, before we started what DuckDuckGo is now doing as well. Uh, their CEO saying so what just be aware of what's going on. It, it is. And for those that don't know, DuckDuckGo was supposed to be the alternative to uh, Google uh, or even Bing. And it doesn't track you. The, the caveat now and is it might still not. It, they they might they might yeah. still not track you, but now they say, uh, well, we're going to have to crack down on disinformation. Come on, yeah. So they're going to start they're going to start curating what you see and what you don't see, and start shadow banning things that they don't like. That is, I'm I'm sorry, that's not how you have a free society. Uh, you don't stifle people's voices, whether you agree with them or not, whether you think they're a conspiracy theorists or not. You don't stifle their voice. You need all of that out there because really, who is out there that is all-knowing that is capable of saying this is true or this is false. Because if, if, if somebody's out there saying this is happening and 
uh, an editor of some kind, be it Google or, or DuckDuckGo or whoever, they say that, that that's false information. That's not true. And then turns out actually they were telling the truth and they were whistleblowing or something like that. Who, who, who do we choose to, to regulate all of that? You can't. So you, you, you need that free, free flow of information. So anyway, long story short, you know, just do some research. Dig into it. The stuff that we're giving you today, take it as a we're setting you in the right direction. Now go do your own homework. You look into it yourself. Don't just jump in and start doing all the stuff that we were talking about. We were talking about the things pointing you in the right directions, looking to, to find the stuff that you need. We're setting you on the path, basically. Now you need to take the steps and look at look into the stuff and find out what's best for you and see if there's any other options out there even and that may function better for you. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Well said. Maybe graphene is not the best thing for you. It works for what I wanted to do. Uh, I I was shopping around and and trying to find options. I had Bruce look over a lot of things and because I, I trusted judgment on a lot of things. And this turned out to be the best option for me. Calyx is a new thing. That might be a better option for me in the future. I don't know. Depends on what they do. I don't like their Google integration. They call it micro G. I don't like that already. I looked at Blackphone. I looked at black phones, black phone, that was an option for me. And I saw how much they had with like Google integration and everything into their base software. And I'm like, uh, I don't think so. I, I don't think so. Like they claim to be security and privacy based. And yet you allow Google on like I wanted Google gone. I mean, gone as in I don't even want to see them in the rearview mirror. I wanted them gone. And lo and behold, uh, there just happened to be something that fit that that order that I had. So it turned out uh, turned out really well. And by the way, uh, to do that particular version of software is free. It doesn't cost you any money. I thought I'd throw that in there too. The only expense you're going to have in this is the device itself. But then again, you own it. And of course, the subscription that you have through either your cell provider or uh, through a, a separate subscription service for uh, your encrypted communication, such as Volta or Silent Phone or something like that. So whatever works for you. Again, as Bruce said, whatever works for you. We're going to go ahead and call this one done. I'm not going to put any fancy outros on this one or anything because we're going to uh, re-air this again in the future. And we will be doing more in the future because there are other devices and things will change, right? There's going to be uh, advances in this. The uh, The crypto phone market is growing. It has grown so much since what it, in the last 24 months. There's been so many new phones that have popped up. I want to talk about Linux phones. I want to talk about Calyx and see where they go in the, in the coming months. Graphene is going to make some changes. They have made monumental changes in the last 24 months. I can't believe how much they have advanced. Uh, and I've, I'm so impressed by them. I want to see what Volta is going to do with their product lineup when they launch. They're taking pre-orders now, as I said. And then you've got Black Phone. I want to see what they're going to do. Possibly they're going to be bringing out another model. I want to see what they're going to do with that one. Anyway, uh, we're going to go ahead and call this one done. So Bruce, I want to thank you for being here this evening. Thank you to all of the listeners. Everyone have a great evening.